Hello, and welcome to another episode of the MarkCast. I am Mark Jorgensen, and I am the host and creator of this podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to take a look at the political futures market. Uh, I arranged an interview with the founder of a website called predictit.org. You can think of this like a political stock market. Uh, Basically, you can make predictions on the certain political outcomes uh, week by week or, you know, with the 2016 election coming up, there's a lot of predictions based on certain candidates and uh, the approval ratings of those candidates. Um, It's very interesting. It's grown very quickly and it just started earlier this year. So I met up with them in D.C. as they were preparing for a party to be held uh, just shortly after we did this interview. So uh, it's a great interview, um, and it's very to the point. So I hope you enjoy. How's it going, everyone? Um, we're here today with the founder of Predictit, and it's John Aristotle Phillips. Right. That's so it. Aristotle, is that your first given, your middle given name when you were Yeah, born? yeah, my, my, uh, my younger brother, my business brother, and I share that middle name. Really? Yeah, we're, uh, our parents are Greek, uh, and uh, I think Aristotle's impressive. My, my dad's middle name was Hercules, so <laughs> his, his name is Aristotle Hercules. Philippides, for short, Phillips, when I came over this Really? And where'd you grow up exactly? I grew up in Connecticut, but we traveled a bit. Uh, my dad was a professor, and so there were sabbaticals and traveling lectures and the like, so it was a, it was a great upbringing. But I grew up in Connecticut. You grew up in Connecticut, and then you went to school in Princeton. And yes, although I first went to Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, the, the uh, was one of the few students in my high school class that got rejected at every college I applied to. Uh, so I, I I did manage to get into the University of California because their their date for closing off applications was later than my rejection date in all the colleges I applied to. So I was able to get in, and I did quite well at Berkeley and loved it. Uh, I had a great time. And I transferred to Princeton for the last three years of my undergraduate career. And so and now you kind of divide your time in between San Francisco and D.C., or are you mostly in D.C.? I actually live in New York now. I'm from San Francisco. We have an office in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, And I spend a lot of time... Uh, visiting the various offices, but I live in New York City, so I... Uh, okay, and then, you, so you have this, um, I mean, it's a consulting, a data consulting company, it's called Aristotle International, right? You've been running that for a number of years, right? About, about 10, 20 years? No, longer than that, actually, this is going to be uh, our 33rd year. Okay. It's a political technology company. Right. So if you think of companies that, that provide software and data and services to to uh, commercial enterprises. They're trying to ultimately influence decisions at the cash register. We're a little different. So we're in the political space, and we're nonpartisan, so we serve everybody. But we, our clients are seeking to use our software and our voter lists and, and uh, transaction processing and like to influence decisions not at the cash register, but uh, at, the, at the polling place. Right. And you've been doing this internationally for a number of years, yep. right? So elections all over the world, and pretty much anywhere where there's democratically elected people. Um, well, I would say any place where they're trying to. It's a democratic process for the first time, which is different from democratically electing some of these guys. Uh, uh, we do clarification. Yeah. <laughs> so, in, and in fact, uh, it's relevant because in many cases, 
we are the we are the first on the ground when they're trying uh, a democratic process to pick their political future for the first time. So a lot of these are emerging democracies, or a lot of places where right. there are uh, uh, extraordinary hurdles in the way of democratic choice by the people who live there. Sure. Power's not held in the same way in different countries, and there's different you know, ways that power structures are formed in different countries. I mean, to put it, put it, put it more bluntly, like, there, there are a lot of dictators <laughs> okay. that are on their way out when we're on, and our clients are on their way in, and often uh, often they don't go willingly. So it's, it's often uh, uh, you know, a, a, an election which is held under very difficult circumstances. And then we do thousands of campaigns in the United States use Aristotle software data, transaction processing, online fundraising to, to engage in the democratic process. Um, so I guess but focusing on predicted. So predicted, I mean, essentially, is it fair to say it's just kind of like a legal version of Intrade? You know, Intrade is a very popular online corporate trading format. Um, or is it something different? Well, I, I mean, it, the... I would say it's a modern version of Iowa Electronic Markets. Okay. Um, and it's, uh, it's certainly legal. Uh, right. And we took a lot of time, meticulously. We approached this from the standpoint of prediction markets are, are, are unique, they're highly accurate in many cases, and they're very valuable for providing insights on political risk or other types of outcomes that, 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 that matter to investors to politicians, to voters, to consumers. Or just people that are interested in doing that. Oh, just trying to get a thrill it's of really knowing. It's really fun. Yeah. It's all, I forgot that. Right, yeah. right. It's just really, really fun. Right. So, and we try to make predictions as fun as possible. And how did this come to be? I mean, I guess, what was the process? This began a few years ago, after 2012, and Intrade got shut down. You were like, well, what? Well, the, you know, as, as with you and, and myself and most of the people I know, we all very much like Intrade. Sure. It was really interesting, sure. uh, and even if uh, it ended badly, it was still uh, a great deal of fun. Uh, we, we set out to do something better, which was to do it legally uh, and to find a way to uh, allow the market to operate, I would say, more freely, right. uh, but uh, with, with protections for the, for the consumers, but also to be able to, to um, really embrace what prediction markets are intended to do. Right. Iowa Electronic Markets really laid the ground. You know, it was, was the first way 20 years ago. And we took that model and we updated it. And then, uh, and, and I say this, I say we, it really was uh, the Victoria University Wellington. And now there are about a dozen universities in the United States and abroad which have subsequently become part of this great experiment. So. Universities or faculty associated, Oxford University, for instance, right. Columbia uh, University, well, lots of them. Victoria University, uh, Wellington, they, they, you know, they were really the first in to do this. When we decided to proceed with this with Victoria, um, we, we were interested in setting it up a certain way, but we needed to sort of clear the hurdles of the United States. And so we patterned it after uh, Iowa, uh, University of Iowa. Which had done this and operated a successful prediction market, albeit a small one, for almost three years. And so far, so good, right? I mean, I guess it's been growing pretty steadily, right, for the past, you know. It is on fire. It's, it's on fire. Great. Yeah, it <laughs> is so great. Uh, I wake up in the morning and uh, and look at, at the trading action. Right. Uh, more than 
3 million shares have been traded since the first of the year. Really? Yeah. Uh, there are uh, over 5,000 depositors who are in there and, and uh, engaging in you know, making their predictions and putting their money where their mouth is. Right. Uh, if you've had a chance to look at the commentary by these traders as they're trading sure. and egging each other on, it's just fascinating. Yeah. And the markets, you know, they're making some interesting predictions. Oh. Some people are making, are doing very well, I'll put it that way. So we do look at ROI. And we're not, that, that's really going to be some of our university partners are going to look at you know, who are the best predictors. Okay. You know, when it comes to, so an example is, now all this data is going to be anonymized right. when the universities get it. But what are the demographics or uh, characteristics of the, of the savviest traders and then the least savvy traders? So for instance, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to call the New Hampshire primary right. on the Republican side, you know, are you, do you have an advantage if you've, if you've never made a contribution to a political campaign? Or are you at an advantage if you live in New Hampshire or outside of the state or inside the Beltway here? So personal bias, right? right. Well, right. And yeah. And so, so what, what makes for an accurate trade? We don't have answers to that, but we're going to have answers to that. Do you have any kind of a growth model as far as or growth forecast for when the elections get started? I mean, personally, I would think you know, once these elections get going in a few weeks, you know, you'll probably that's when it really gets on fire. And there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And people are up and down, and so I would see a lot more activity. Is well, I, I I want to thank take this opportunity to thank Donald Trump okay. for. <laughs> Because he has been the gift that keeps on giving to predict it. So there are a lot of people that are in that uh, take speculating, uh, trading on on, uh, uh, on the Donald, and it's 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 just a really interesting, uh, engaging, and, and I have to say somewhat addictive pastime to go to the site and speculate, for instance, on what's going to happen in this upcoming Republican debate. Right. Right. Um, there are questions that are being put up uh, that are going to be specific to the, the debate performance. Okay. The number of times somebody gets interrupted, the, the number of times the word Mexican is used. I don't know what's, what the really? what I don't know what the, the specific questions will be, but they're they're uh, cleared by our university partner, and uh, but it'll be really you interesting. Is that kind of a back and forth? You guys have kind of a conversation, and we have a, we actually have a it's a little more formal than that. It's, it's um, the, the Everything that goes up on the site in the way of questions is cleared through the university. Um, a considerable amount of effort, not the same time, because usually we get questions up in the 24 hours, the time that they're first suggested or somebody dreams them up, or a trader will email us and say, hey, put up a question on Donald Trump. Is that happening out of the race? Does that happen often, or it's just yeah. kind of crowded? No, it happens a lot. Oh, okay, it happens a lot. But we have to. So feel free to, to email, predict it all you want, guys. That's right. That's right. That's right. Send Sorry. us your best questions. We don't yet have a way to reward the traders when they come up with a really good question that everybody trades on. That's in the works. Uh, but we do have. Um, so you can still send us your questions, guys, because we're interested. Okay. Send the questions. The the questions need to be distilled into a binary outcome, right? right. Because it's got to be yes or no. Yes or no. Right. So that takes some thinking sometimes. Um, but we, and then we have the fine print, you know, what is it when, when we say so-and-so is going to declare or drop out, what, what does that mean exactly? Right. I mean, I was in working the Perot campaign. Uh, Ross Perot, 92. Yeah, 92. Wow. And, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Perot came in and got out of the race. Uh, 
more than once. Right. So two or three times? Two times. Two times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is that you know there, there are ways to there are ways to set these questions up so there's uh, a minimum of ambiguity. You know, right. In the case of declaring, you've got to file your papers at the Federal Election Commission. It's got to be a form such and such. It takes us answer your question takes about 24 hours or less from the moment the question gets suggested to the time it goes up on the site. Interesting. I guess, um, have you ever caught any flack for people, you know, maybe being unsatisfied with, you know, questions that weren't Not yet. Enough? I expect it. I, okay. I, I would expect uh, this team, there are a lot of lawyers and, and sure. uh, who, who um, are good customers. You know, we really haven't had a problem with that. But this group is a very competitive group that comes in and trades unpredicted. Yeah. So they're, they usually check the fine print before they put the money down. Yes. And it's not big money. That's the other thing. These, are, yeah. these trades are... are yeah. Well, touching on that, I mean, what, the limit per trade or per position is $850. Limit per market is per, $850. Per market. Yeah. Okay. So like a, a certain question. You can go yes or no up to $850 on a question. On a question. I mean, there's many questions on the site, so yeah. obviously, you know, the, the limit's quite large. But what is so magical about $850? Ah, so is there... So that's a really former a, analyst. So yeah. So here's how we got to eight fifty. I get that question a lot, by the yeah, way. How did yeah. you come up with eight fifty? I should right. come up with some more creative answers, but I'll tell you what the real answer is first. Sure. Uh, the amount was five hundred dollars when it was first approved for the Iowa Electron University of Iowa okay. Electronic Markets. So okay. You adjust that for inflation, you get to eight fifty. Uh, that's what <laughs> interesting. So. You see predicted growing. Is there any kind of a multiple in terms of like how much you see your audience growing once the debates get going? Or you know, you're at about three million now. What do you expect? Three million shares trading. Yeah, shares. yeah. You know, we we really don't know. We did not. We've been open since January. Okay. Uh, number of depositors and number of shares trading will vary based on the question. But it's. I, I wish I knew the answer to that question. I don't okay. know what. And, you know, we, we talk about it. It's not like we don't think about it because we try to figure out how big, you know, sizing the, scaling the servers and testing them for peak loads and figuring out the, the transaction plan. How much, you know, all the, it's just, it's all the issues about running a, yeah, because that's going to be a huge issue once things heat up, right? Oh, yeah. You can imagine like a, a huge flop in the first or second debate. You're going to get, you know, maybe a million, up to a million shares or more. And wouldn't that be amazing? You know, Get a million shares traded around the debate during the debate. Right. I mean, who knows? It's perfectly who knows? possible. It's, I mean, who knows? Because I don't see anyone really competing with this. Like, is there another platform out there that's you know, easily accessible? And it, well, I don't know. Look, first of all, overseas there are lots oh, of sure. lots of guys that are that are operating over there, and I know I know some of them, uh, and those are you know those are pretty sizable businesses. Right. In the U.S. Not so much so. We, back to your question. I wish I could predict what the what the size was going to be. Right. We might even be able to put a question up on predicting how many shares are going to get traded in the Republican debate. That might be interesting, actually. I, I don't know. I don't know. But there's a range of predictions. Uh, we do have a twenty dollar bill up on the wall uh, for, the, for the person who can most accurately predict 
what the uh, player count is going to be at the end of the month. Um, so are you building out a team that will work directly with Predicted? I mean, I, I assume that's kind of a pretty sizable project at Aristotle. You're a pretty large kind of company, right? Well, it's not that big. I mean, we think of it as, we think okay. of it as small. We're large in this industry. We're about 150 employees. Okay. So it's still a small business. Okay. We are building out the people working on predicting. It's right. that's of the hundred of the employees it's it's less than less than a dozen. That are, on on debate night we're actually soliciting volunteers to help us handle what's going on debate night, which is gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, but I suspect tonight we're gonna pick up uh, pick up some some volunteers to help us out. Well, do you have any plans post-2016? Does this help, you know, your, your core business at Aristotle? It, it could. It could help the, it could help the core business, but it's a little early to tell. Um, right now, it's, I mean, it's helping the core business because it's a great product and people associated with what we're doing at Aristotle. Um, it's also useful, I think, to, to people, so risk management or people in politics. Right. You know, polling is, is not an exact science anymore. It never really was, but it's, it's becoming more and more difficult and costly to do polling. And markets, if markets are suffering or replace some of the, uh, or reduce some of the uncertainty, uh, that's in itself that could be a very interesting uh, business opportunity. But for now, we're going to sort of see how this market operates. In 2017 and 18, you know, we're also curious to know what kind of uh, potential drop-off in the 2016 election. But I tell you, right now, one of the most popular markets is Obama's approval rating a week from now. So, yeah. so people, you know, there are, there's, a, there's a voracious appetite for this, and yeah. people like to think that they're good at predicting the future, and some of them are, but some of them aren't. <laughs> No, that's what I've noticed because, I mean, I, I did get in and I first started predicting, like, you know, the 2016 candidate or the primary nominee. But, but that's a very slow-moving market. And, um, you know, really the high activity is that week to week to week. The week to week. This debate is going to be interesting to watch. So I hope all your listeners come and sign up for Predicted, deposit something. The, the minimum is $10. Use a credit card and uh, make a prediction. Okay. Hey, well, great. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much. All right, everyone, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Predictive Founder John Aristotle Phillips. Please email me any comments at uh, themarkcast at gmail.com. If there's just one thing I took away from this is that the interviews I've done so far, I, I think if there's any theme that's come out, it's I've certainly been talking to people that are working on something that they're very passionate about. You know, in this interview, it came across to me that this was very exciting for Mr. Phillips, and, uh, and, and I really felt that. And, and the other people I've been talking about, you know, books, you know, with Katerina or with uh, some of the other people I, I interviewed, you know, it, it was just, you know, it was things they're passionate about, and that energy and that excitement um, comes across. And so I'd be delighted to hear any feedback that you have. So, anyways, enjoy your day, and uh, until next time.